What is going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of 20 Minute Fitness. Today we have an awesome guest on the show. He's listed by Greatest, the internet media startup, as one of the 100 most influential people in health and fitness. So you know it's going to be a good one. His name is Sean T. Sean has done it all, honestly, from being a men's health cover model to selling over 10 million fitness DVDs that have helped his clients and others following his workout advice to get their dream physiques and become healthier, fitter versions of themselves. He's also an author. He is a motivational speaker. You may already know him as the founder of Insanity, a 60-day total body conditioning workout that is honestly insanely hard and I say that from personal experience, but it does get great results. So in for a really interesting conversation here, so stick around, you're bound to learn a lot indeed. But before we say hi to Sean, a big thank you to our sponsor, Shape. Shape are building Shape Scale, a 3D body scanning scale. Just step onto the scale and a robotic arm spins all around your body and it captures all sorts of body data. You then get all the data and a photorealistic 3D avatar of yourself presented to you by the Shape app. And you'll be able to find all sorts of info here, like your body fat percentage, your lean muscle mass, your muscle girth measurements, and obviously how these have been progressing as you've been working out and hopefully sticking to that healthy, balanced diet. So it does make ShapeScale a really comprehensive fitness tracker. You get the visual as well as the data, marry them together, and it gives you the greatest idea as to whether you're progressing on your fitness journey. So definitely check it out. It's available for pre-order at ShapeScale.com. But now let's talk to Sean T and find out why he has been called one of the top 100 influential people in health and fitness. So, Sean, for anyone that does not know you, would you be able to give a quick intro to yourself and a bit of background about who you are and what it is you do? Yes. uh, So I'm Sean, but most people know me as Sean T, the creator of many at-home fitness programs, Insanity, T25, Hip Hop Abs, Max Dirty, Size, and uh, my newest one, Transform 20. I'm also an author of T is for Transformation. And, you know, I travel the world, speak and motivate and really hope to inspire people to just become a happier, healthier version of themselves. So I think for a lot of people, they may have woken up in the middle of the night to me screaming on their TV <laughs> to try and get <laughs> buy a product. But, you know, the new year, you know, with 2020 is, is going to be a big year, I think, for everyone. Everything's progressing in life in technology and fitness and I try to create workouts that are timeless so something like insanity it takes place in the gymnasium and you don't need weights or equipment and it's really hard it's always something to work up to and going back to my personality test the challenger <laughs> the fact that I'm a challenger I create challenging things because I believe that even if someone doesn't do something like insanity all the time it's a test of fitness and well for you to continue to push yourself forward and I just really believe that that's important for our lives So um, I think that's how most people would recognize me. Uh, I've been in the airport because, you know, I travel a lot. I've been at the airport and walking behind someone, having a conversation with someone I'm with. And all of a sudden someone turns around and and they say, Shanti, I recognize you from your voice. You haunted me for years. (laughs) I'm like, come on, let's go. I mean, I myself, uh, I did insanity when I was living in Abu Dhabi about four years ago. And honestly, they were 
some of the hardest workouts I've done. I've, I've always someone who struggled with, almost as well struggled with the motivation to do body weight workouts. I'm very good at consistently making myself do exercise, whether that be a sport or going to the gym, but I've always found it hard to motivate myself to do sort of high intensity interval training that involves a lot of calisthenic movements. So why why have you been such a massive proponent of doing these these intense short workouts with T25 as well? What are the benefits of doing these, uh, these condensed workouts where you're using a lot of different uh, sort of plyometric explosive movements as well. Well, one, I think it's really important for people to know why I even developed insanity. And it's because when I ran track, I was the fittest I ever was. And and I didn't really use anything other than my body. Now, of course, there were times where we went into the weight room to, you know, get an explosive start off the line and, and something like a hundred meter dash or I was like a hurdler. But for the most part, all of my physical training came from me using my body. Now, I'm I love weightlifting. I'm not opposed to any cycling. I think it's all really great. But I think that and the reason why I love HIIT training so much in explosive movements is because if you use your body, there's a really interesting thing that happens as you continue to be consistent when using your body to push yourself to the next level. It, it Not only do you have a lot of benefits of HIIT training, like you burn calories after you start working out, after you stop working out, you burn more calories, you burn more calories in less amount of time, you have great muscular endurance and cardiovascular endurance is a really great balance of both. I've had people train with insanity for a marathon. Now get that. They don't, they're not out running three, six, nine, 12, 15 miles a day, but they're training with insanity using their entire body. So as they build their endurance through that and they go outside and they run, they're like, okay, well, I don't have to jump. I don't have to do a plank. I don't have to go down and up. I don't have to do a push-up jack. So their body has this stored energy from their training with doing insanity where they can sustain a longer run and get great endurance. But most, mostly the reason why I love hit training and explosive movements is really because of the mindset it puts you in when you're doing it. Because say I take, you know, 30 pound dumbbell and I say, okay, I have to get 12 reps. While you do have to push yourself mentally, you do have to say, oh my gosh, I'm burning, I have to go. You're also using an a prop, if you will. But imagine how much stronger and more focused you'll be using that prop if you can actually push your body. Your body is your weight. Your body is your equipment. And so you're making that strong. So when you do go and lift weights or do sports, you know, I play tennis, you know, you have that ability to push and dig deep beyond what would normally, where you would normally stop. So in tennis, if a point gets really, really long, I'm thinking right away, okay, I'm doing plyometric cardio circuit and insanity when I'm really want to give up and I have this mentality where I can continue to push my body so I can get to that next ball. I, ho- I hope that makes sense. No, it does, it does yeah. And the, the the things I wanted to pick up there from there with that, firstly, uh, you saying that you've had people that have trained for a marathon using insanity. I've actually done something similar in the sense that when I was living in San Francisco, like I said just before we started, I was predominantly doing HIIT training in the morning and then I'd occasionally do, well, I'd try and get to the gym as well and do some, some weight training and then throw in a run or one run a week or whatever and I ended up doing my second half marathon out there and I probably only actually did six runs and only getting to about nine miles which is short of what the uh, half marathon distance is anyway but I actually shaved off something like 15 minutes of my, be- my from my former half marathon time and I put that down mainly to hit because my actual mentality for the whole run was to just for the to not stop once whilst when I did the half marathon the first time 
I had multiple stops throughout or I'd slow down on my pace, but I just wanted to maintain a consistent pace. And I think that was from having the dedication to almost doing HIIT training every morning at 6am when no one else wants to get up at that time and start working out. And also just because obviously you want to, as you said, fire on all cylinders for however long your session's going to be, but you need to make sure that you stay motivated for that time. So I can definitely see how other people have used insanity itself to actually prepare themselves for a marathon. Yeah, I mean, and it's hard. I mean, I HIIT training is very, very, tough if you're doing the right kind and the intervals are the right way and you know there would probably probably be people that argued against us but <laughs> i think that you know if you try it you understand how you can get to a point where you push yourself to the max and then you take a break you push yourself to the max you take a break and then when you go out for your your actual run you are sustaining a certain pace and you don't really reach that anaerobic zone mm-hmm. so you find a really great place to sit in while you're coasting. And, you know, that's how you drop the 15 minutes off. Because think about it, every day when you're doing HIIT training, you're pushing, you're, you're hitting your max with every interval. And then you go out and you run and you're like, okay, well, I'm not hitting my max. So I know that I can sustain this, this you know, p- particular zone. So it's really, it's it's great. So I just hope people try it. No, exactly. And as you said, there will be people that obviously, if you're looking to be, an elite marathon runner, then obviously you'd argue against this and you would need to start getting the miles and the legs and focusing more on a runner style of training. However, for someone like me who just wanted to be able to say I've completed a half marathon in a better time, it was exactly what I needed really. And as you said, you know know what it feels like to be at that sort of uh, breaking limit. So you, you know, you can sit comfortably underneath that. Right, right. The other thing I also just wanted to touch on from what you were saying before is that talking about your body as a prop, and right at the start, I mentioned that I find it hard to motivate myself if I don't have a prop involved, if I'm not playing just a sport or if I'm not going to the gym and I've got a weight involved. So so what is it do you think that or how do you find because obviously you're a motivational speaker, you, you, you get people in that mind frame to want to go out and become healthier and fitter people. What is it that sometimes lacking in others to want them, to make them want to go out and do this? And how do you potentially inspire it in people? Well, I mean, the first thing that happens is when you think about it, when someone has to do hit training and it doesn't involve a prop, the first thing you think about is, holy crap, my entire body has to start working, right? That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, from minute one, my workouts, you jog in place. And even though it might not be a ridiculous power move, you have to move your entire body. When you compare that to lifting weights, you're laying down doing a bench press or you might be standing up doing, you know, curls and you use your abs, but you're not necessarily moving your entire body. It's just unattractive, right? When you want to just start out. It's an unattractive way of working out. So I 100% get that. And I think it's great for me. I always say, is the risk worth the reward? And so that's how I get people to motivate themselves to initially start something that may be tough and to get outside their comfort zone. Is the risk worth the reward? I'm going to risk being tired, but the reward is that my, not only will my endurance increase, but I will become stronger. And this at some point will become manageable. And then the other reward is that I will know how to push myself in the future. The other thing that you compare it to is for people who the average person who lifts weights, and this is not me just saying this, you know, to people because you need to do HIIT training. It's because I have been in the industry for 22 years almost, and I've been a personal trainer and I've worked in corporate health where people come in, they do a 12, 10, 8 on a machine for a few machines, and then they leave. And over the course of the year, they actually gain weight. And so mm-hmm. when you do HIIT training, well, yeah, I mean, they might be able to lift a little bit more weight. They might be able 
able to, you know, be a little stronger in the legs or the arms, they still end up coming to me and saying, but I need to lose weight. Now, yes, of course, a lot of that happens in the food. But the other thing is they're not understanding how to push themselves to, you know, the highest level of peak physical condition so that they can say to themselves like, oh, this is manageable. So there's a fear that happens is what I'm saying when people have to do HIIT training. And so, you know, I say to them with anything, is the risk worth the reward? Are you, I need to, I want to, you know, I want to quit my job because I want to, I need something else. I'm not passionate about what I'm doing. Okay. Is the risk worth the reward? Let's find an exit strategy so that you can find a better way of living for yourself. And the risk is worth the reward because the reward is I'm going to be happier when I wake up in the morning. I'm going to make money doing something I'm passionate about. And that's the same thing when it comes to fitness. A lot of times people procrastinate fitness and they procrastinate so much that by the time they want to do it, they've packed on 20 pounds instead of saying, you know what, let me do five minutes today. You know, there's all of these studies that show, of course, 30 minutes a day will get you results and you'll burn a certain amount of calories. But a lot of people can't even fathom saying, I need to work out for 30 minutes a day. So for me, I'm saying start with five, then go to seven, then go to 10, then go to 15. So you ramp your way up. And once you do that, you start to believe that this is possible. And then you focus less on the end goal, which is for most people, a number. I'm, you know, it's one of the most frustrating things for me as a fitness motivator. It's like, I need to lose 30 pounds. I'm like, okay, but you haven't done anything in five years. And the average person is going even if you get to that 30 pounds, you're going to stop because you had the wedding. So, you know, it's situational exercise. But let's go slow. Let's find a way to find consistency. Consistency over time will get you results and beyond. Definitely. So leading into the new year, then, would your obviously you have a lot of people making New Year's re- resolutions. Would your advice be exactly that then? Don't go out saying I'm going to the gym f- five days a week for an hour each. You just say start and so make sure you do five minutes a day first or seven minutes a day and then work your way up. For some people that what I like to call cold turkey way of going, jumping all in, it works. For the majority of people, it doesn't. And there's proof and you can ask any gym, any gym in the world, probably day one of the new year where people start working out, the gym is packed. It's, you know, by the second week, that same Monday, they've dropped off probably about 20, maybe 10%. And then as the days and weeks go on, the percentage of people that show up on a Monday just decreases and decreases. Now, if you told someone, hey, this is exactly what you do. You go to the gym. I want you for the first week to do 10 minutes total and then leave. What that does is makes it it makes them want more. I always say leave yourself wanting more because it's manageable. It's it's even when I've had a person do insanity and it's, you know, people say, oh my gosh, this is so hard. <laughs> and so I told her, I said, hey, do one minute a day. I was like, that's what I want you to do. For the first week, I want you to do one minute a day because she was uh, really, really out of shape. And a year later, she called me and said she lost 80 pounds and she finally finished one insanity workout and it was the consistency of her doing it and she continued to lose weight and so you know for people in the new year leave yourself wanting more instead of saying I'm going to work out an hour a day that just sounds so daunting for people and then they get super sore by day three and then on day four they're like oh I can't even move I can't even get up off the toilet (laughs) you know (laughs) 
and then they skip a day. And the minute you skip a day that you're not supposed to skip or a, a day that you have promised yourself you were working out, then it becomes okay to skip. And then yeah. you just skip and skip and skip. And then your days of not working out become more of your days of working out. Yeah, no, it definitely sounds like what you really talk about in your book as well, Tears for Transformation, that it almost starts with building internal strength before you move on to the exterior. And how, how important then is it, to, in your opinion, to, to develop this? mental aspect towards fitness before we actually try and dive into the physical conquer your mind transform your life it's a very simple thing to say if you know what it is that you want and you can continue to place in your mind this is what i want you will transform if you do it the other way if you say i am just going to work out as hard as i can just because i want this body again you know to lose weight then there's you have nothing internal you have no internal drive but if you say i really want to do this this is how i'm going to do this and you you're constantly in control of how your mind responds to the things that you do you have a much higher chance of staying committed to what it is that you said you're going to do and i just think that's really important for people even when they're working out even when they're pushing themselves in a moment where they have to take a break just to say okay i can still do this staying keeping that positive mindset as they go along one of the things about my workouts too, you know, let's take insanity, for instance, just because we were talking about it, you know, for 60 days, you're pushing yourself with your body with no other equipment needed. What's happening in your subconscious is this ridiculous internal belief, be- belief, because you're having constant success and no one's giving it to you. You're not grabbing a weight. You're not being led by someone in terms of, you know, no one's making you do the push up. No one's helping you do the push up. You're doing it for you. And there's something really amazing that happens to people's psyche when and they get to a point where they have done it all themselves. Um, I've seen it time and time and time again, where people just get so excited when they get to a certain, when they hit a certain plateau. Some people think they're negative. I think plateaus are a great place to rebalance and calibrate your life. They just get really excited because they're like, wow, look how far I've come. And I did it with me and for me. Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty powerful. As you said, I didn't really think about it from that point of view that if you are potentially going to classes or if you're going with someone to the gym or whatever, then you are in a sense receiving that or you can it's not not saying it's a bad thing but you are receiving some sort of praise potentially from the people you go with but if you are taking 25 30 minutes by yourself when there's no one around as you said pushing you to do something or reminding you to do something if you're keeping that accountability yourself then it must be quite a powerful motivator really having if you do complete that that one part um, without any external pressure making you do something yeah but every moment of success comes five more moments of success really if someone does one thing really great, the, they're more likely to do it five more times. So if they have a really, really successful, you know, week of fitness and they feel like they're eating really well and they worked out the amount of times they wanted to, they're more likely to do it again the next week. And so that's why it's just important to stay consistent because consistency over time equals max results. Let's take a minute to thank our sponsor. This episode of 20 Minute Fitness is sponsored by Podcorn, the ultimate marketplace for podcasters and advertisers. So we've only been in the podcasting game for about two years and we started working with sponsors around a year ago. While each and every partnership we've had was an amazing experience, the admin side always felt like a bit of a pain. And taking a step back and finding brands that are the right fit for our show used to be the most time-consuming process. So these are some of the issues that the team behind Podcorn are trying to overcome with the platform they created. 
created. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. They provide an extremely user-friendly experience by clearly displaying the sponsorship opportunities with a short description of the advertising brands. They make it easy to send a proposal to brands that are in line with your audience and to have a smooth back and forth until you have a deal. With a busy schedule, I found these features of Podcorn especially useful. So far, Podcorn has been fulfilling their mission of giving podcasters transparency, creative freedom and full control of how and when we monetize. So if you're a podcaster of any size, the 20 Minute Fitness team can only recommend that you try Podcorn. So go to podcorn.com forward slash podcasters to sign up today. That's podcorn.com forward slash podcasters and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. You can also find this in the show notes of our episode as well. And now let's get back to the show. Obviously, though, mistakes do happen. People do slip up. Is your mentality then not to call this a mistake, but just to put it behind you and then correct it from there? If someone, you know, because if we often have a, a bad weekend, say it's someone been someone's birthday or we've had some celebrations and been a lot of food eaten, uh, not any exercise done, what would you do to sort of reset your thinking leading into the new week? So I have this thing called the so what mentality. And so when, when people, when they're like, oh my gosh, I ate, all weekend or I, you know, we're not, I'm like, so, so what? <laughs> so what are you going to do now? Like, you know, you did it already, you know, and if you keep the, so what mentality, <laughs> I mean, you don't want to say that to, you know, someone you're in a relationship with. They're like, I'm really unhappy. You don't want to say, so what? But like for yourself, when it comes to fitness or like, it's like, okay, you didn't work out for a week. So what? So what are you going to do now? And it just eliminates what happened in the past because you now have to just do the work, just get back on the train. We all know that you gain weight much faster than you lose weight. It's it's just you just do for them for most people. And so what? So now what? You know, so instead of like harping on the fact that, oh, my gosh, like I fell off the wagon. It's like, OK, cool. Like I'm was was the pizza good? Was the wine good? Did you dance at that party? Did you go in on that cake? Because I'm sure that cake was lit. Okay. (laughs) So what, you know? Okay, cool. Like I did it. Now I can roll. Let's rock. Let's get it. You know? So I, you know, I tell people just to have this. So what mentality? I know. I think it's a a good mentality to have. You otherwise get stuck in those mistakes and obviously they they then impact your progress moving forward. So definitely a, a good mentality to have. Obviously, then we've uh, we've touched on diet and how much or how, how much this complements obviously doing physical fitness. And you yourself, you talk about in your blogs and things that you have experimented with intermittent fasting and also twenty four hour fasts. What sort of approach do you bring or do you have with regards to nutrition? Right. So I've done a lot of different types of nutrition uh, experimenting, if you will, over my years. And, you know, I at one point did the five meals a day, sometimes six. And I just was like, this is just too much. I, you know, it just took over my entire day. And. Then, you know, when I was introduced to intermittent fasting, intermittent fasting about, I guess it was a few months back in May of this year, it was incredible for me because it really went in line with how I like to focus on my food in general, which is the way whatever you put in your body, people say you are with what you eat. For me, gut health is the most important. If you can make your digestive system work properly and, and at a high functioning level, you can rest assured that you're 
skin is going to be good. Your hair is going to be good. Your eyesight is going to be good. Your flexibility, your joints. And imagine if you eat really well and then all of those things are operating at a really high level. Then when you go to do your fitness, you already have the base foundation of the results that you want. Whereas if I'm eating cheesesteaks and donuts all the time, which I really do love donuts, I eat them every Friday. But if I'm if I if I'm focusing on all of these things that aren't making my digestive system work well, then my energy is going to be low. I'm going to feel sluggish. My skin is going to be tight. It's not going to be elastic. My joints are going to, you know, feel that way. So all of these, uh, the way you eat, with however your digestive system works, it's really going to promote a better way for you to move on the outside. What happens on the inside happens on the outside. It's the same as algebra. You know, what you do on one side, you do on the yeah, other side yeah. to, to get the best equation. And so with intermittent fasting, it really has, the best way for me to describe it, it's really shaped my body in a really great way just by not spiking my insulin levels, you know, utilizing my stored energy and stored fat so that I have enough time to recover. My my stomach and bloating has, I don't even really get stomach aches anymore. I used to get stomach aches when I would go to a restaurant and, you know, just for dinner. And what I realized is, you know, I would be eating all day or snacking or doing this. And now I have a way my digestive system is completely clear and clean. And then so when I start to eat later in that day, I now eat, I would say, two meals, one and a half meals, and I'm completely satisfied because of, you know, my intermittent fasting and the way that I'm eating. And so just by doing all of that and really focusing on what I put in my body and keeping good digestive health, it really has helped me have less bloating, uh, which causes less stomach aches. My, you know, for people who are into this, the bowel movements are on point. So, you know, it's just, it's just a way, like if you think about it, it, would you put, you wouldn't put diesel or I don't know what you guys call it in the UK, yeah, but you know, we have gas car. and diesel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so, you know, if, if your car, if your engine is going to seize up because you're putting the wrong thing in the gas tank, why would you do that to your body? Right. And so yeah. that's why that's how I look at it. Intermittent fasting has been great. So two quick questions from that. Are you doing a, a 16-8? Are you eating for sort of an eight-hour window then fasting or how, how are you doing it? Or are you doing it just uh, per day changing, just making sure you only start eating at a certain time? Or No, I do a 16-8. So, yeah. I have in the last few weeks, I dropped to a 14 just because I wanted to change it up a little bit just to kind of toy around and see. Uh, but I, I really, I went to like a 14-hour fast uh, because what I'm eating in my second meal of the day, it, it it's really nutrient dense. So I was just like, well, if I'm eating super nutrient dense food and and more of like a vegan style eating, maybe I can cut two hours in. So I've been working on that. But I finished eating last night. Let's see, my kids ate around. I finished eating at seven. So yeah, I finished eating at seven. So I'm actually at 15 and a half hours. So I'll be at 16 hours in about 25 minutes. But um, I didn't get a chance to eat this morning yet. So, <laughs> yeah, so for generally the 14 at the moment. Yes, generally. Yeah, but that was that's just for the last couple of weeks just to kind of see. But 16, the 16 hour fast is is really is really in my wheelhouse. I love doing it. If I do an 18 hour fast, I feel the most productive. One of the oh, things really? that's really good. Oh, my gosh. My energy level is like on 100. But one of the things that's really interesting about 
about intermittent fasting, and I'm sure a lot of intermittent fasters can tell you this, is I try to work out before I eat because when you do eat, your body starts to go into overdrive. Think about it. You're putting something in your stomach. So your blood is like, let me make sure everything that's going in here doesn't need me. So the minute you eat, that's why people get super tired on like Thanksgiving and, you know, after lunch, the afternoon lull for people at work because they probably have eaten, you know, a bagel in the morning and then they ate a banana with spikes to insulin levels and then it drops. And it's like, you know, so for me, I try to get my workout in before I try before I eat. But today, because I'm really about to go in at 16 hours, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I had tennis scheduled this morning for eight o'clock. I had my workout scheduled beforehand. However, I couldn't make it. So I didn't do it this morning. That's all. It happens, isn't it? So what, as you said, so what, you're going to get it done. So exactly. I will definitely. <laughs> And just finally, talking about gut health, how have you sort of sort of made a mental note of what is and what isn't doing you good, if that makes sense? It's a physical note. So my body tells me. I think if people pay attention to their body and how their body responds to food, then they don't have to make the mental note. They re- they can like take a physical note and either write it down or, you know, then it becomes a mental note because they remember. But um, if you take my husband, for instance, he used to have like these smaller bumps all over his arms and stomach. The minute he went gluten-free and more of a vegetarian, more of a vegetarian lifestyle, the bump, like his skin is completely normal. And really? so that is a 100% physical note, right? It's not, yeah. it's not always about weight, right? People think it's, oh, I'm gaining weight, so I have to change. It's so many different things that can, you know, some people have gluten intolerances, some people don't, you know, some people can literally just get bloated and gain and maintain retain water because of uh, what they're eating and think about your brain and think about how you wake up the next morning. That's another thing that I think people miss misjudge or they don't actually think about. How do you wake up in the morning? Because if you're waking up sluggish every single morning, you know, people say, I'm not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. I'm like, let's think about what it is that you need to eat. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's how I want people to understand, you know, more than just a, a mental note is, you know, physical notes. How are you waking up? How fast do you fall asleep? How is your brain functioning throughout the day? How sluggish are you? And when you do and focus on those kind of things, you start to make better choices. Well, definitely. It, it is true. And if you I, I find anyway, for example, if I have massive carby dinners at night, then I'll wake up hungry in the morning. Yes, 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 yes. So yeah, try, try and avoid too much of a heavy meal at night. And obviously, yeah, the, the, the lighter the meal as well, usually the better I sleep as well. So that's a benefit. So, Sean, thank you very much for taking the, the time to speak to us. Really interesting just to find out, you know, how much of an impact HIT has made on your life and obviously how many other people's lives you've influenced through getting them to have that self-belief in themselves to to start somewhere and then just keep building and building and building till they can really become happier with where they are with regards to their health and fitness so it is amazing the journey you've been on yourself to 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 where you are today being one of the leading motivational speakers and leading or influencers in the within the health and fitness space so thank you very much if you could direct our our listeners to various your your social networks for example on your website so they can find out more about you that'd be great yeah so people thank you so much people can find me at shanti on all social media platforms And then I have a really fun and motivating group that I have online. Uh, They can go to seantfitness.com slash safe space. And a safe space is a community of people where I call it the 
most positive space online where people are constantly motivating and inspiring and uplifting people every day in our private Facebook group. And then monthly, we have masterclasses and webinars with special guests so people can constantly have ways of staying committed and consistent, not just to their workout goals, but to themselves so they can always achieve personal growth. That sounds great. That does sound great. So I definitely encourage people to to check that out. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you. It's been great having you on. And yeah, hopefully we will uh, be able to catch up in the, in the future for another episode. Yeah, well, um, next time we come to the UK, we'll have to let you know. Definitely, definitely. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Sean. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. So there you have it. That concludes our conversation with the man himself, Sean T. As I'm sure you felt listening to this podcast, he is a man that's full of positivity and he really does inspire everyone around him to basically embrace life and give it a shot, really. Just get out there and give it a go. Don't let any setbacks hold you back. Just keep building consistently towards your fitness goal. And honestly, if someone does want to have a seriously hard workout program to follow, then definitely check out Insanity or one of his other programs, T25, etc. because I can tell you that they are seriously, seriously tough. But as he said, the rewards make it all worth it. So thank you once again, Sean, and hopefully we'll get you on the show again in the future to look at gut health and intimate fasting with you in more detail. So that's all for now. We'll catch you very soon.